Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour podcast. I'm your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host. The Kev on stage. And we're back. It'll just be us two for a little while. I like that. I think people are enjoying it, too, oddly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think it'll be that way for a little while. But um, if you're new here, we are marriage... What do I say? Marriage champions. champions. Marriage champions. Um, we do not have degrees, licenses, or we anything. Degrees? We do have a degree, but not in like LMFT-ness. And I use um, degree deodorant. Keeps me fresh. Degree deodorant does not work. I said what I said. I said what I said. Mm. It does not Debatable. work. <laughs> do you really like it? Yeah. Do you really? Yes. I don't think it works. <laughs> at all but i'm also like a sweater and i don't think that it does it doesn't turn up as you turn up or whatever the little you stop lying on degree right now it doesn't do what stop. it claims it doesn't degree work. brand deal us out so she'll change her tune no certain dry brand deal me out that works certain drive mean you ain't got that wop that's true and under my arms i don't want nothing to be moist <laughs> Have a wet coochie, not wet underarms. I don't want none of that. Shoot, but uh, certain dry is certain is, dry is works. way better than degree. Yeah, the one time, a couple of times, I ran out of the odor and I used yours. My pores be like, that we works. Can't. It, that works for three days. Yeah, it does. It's fantastical. I love it. You know, like it. You've tried certain dry. I have. I I used to use degree. Now I'm just an old spice guy. You know, old just, spice. Yeah, man. Spice. With the blue or the white? With the blue. The white. The blue. Yeah, man. Wait, what's the difference between the blue and the white? The blue is like. Um, I keep it on me though. It's in my backpack right now. You know, uh, the blue is um, like the wet kind of wet deodorant. Oh, the, that burned my burned me right here. It's too strong. Oh, right here. I, I don't like that. I didn't. The, the whole. Antiperspirant thing always creeped me out. Like, why is it making me not sweat? So I was just like, uh, Josh ain't never been musty on my watch. No, I, yeah, you I, don't I, like I that thing on me. It's literally so in my backpack right now. You want to sweat? You just don't want to stink when you sweat. I don't want to stink when I sweat. Oh, I don't, I don't want none of it. Okay, I, I mean, like I, stinking. I, I smell like a man. I don't want to stink. Some I don't want to sweat. Like, yeah, I don't want none of it. You a man, Kev? You musty, bald, Billy Goat, stinking man. Men need to stink. Matthew McConaughey don't even wear deodorant. Men need to stink. Mm-hmm. That pheromones back out in the wild when you was musty. That woman like, mm, we're not man? in the wild. Don't we nobody still got animal. Spell no man we got the stinks. animal tendency. Like, you lying? Yeah. Protect the pride. Defend the pack. That's you're not... the lion, man. <laughs> this is off for me. Hold on. This is what I want. Okay. Ooh, so I don't player. think that's accurate, but whatever. Certain dry is the business. If you are a sweater. Like me, I'd recommend certain dry. You can get the roll on that you put on once. It's not even a brand though. She really just like No, this. it's amazing. And it works for like three days. And then you get the every morning one and you can put that on every morning or every other morning. And if you do laser hair removal like me and you can't put deodorant on after you get it, certain dry comes in the clutch. That's all I'm saying. Pay brand, us for this. Brand deal, brand deal me up certain dry. Okay, but we're not marriage counselors or anything like that. We are just simply here to share our experiences as a married couple, a young married couple. Although I'm starting to realize that young is relative because yeah. you definitely feel young, but or I feel young, but... Um, are we even young people anymore? I'm certainly closer to 40. I don't feel like we're young anymore. Yeah, I feel like I use that because I've always felt that way, but you start realizing how quickly time happens yeah. and you're no longer like 
young. Josh is young. We are. Josh is young. I don't know if we're old, but I just think we are alive. We're middle. We're be, we, we're between young and old. That's middle. You're middle. People age. don't say that. I don't think middle age is fifty. Yeah, that's we're not middle age. No, we're, I'm saying the middle between young and old, not middle age. Oh, we're not old either, though. Old is like my grandma. But what's the what's between young and old? That's we're not quarter middle, middle age. age. We're quarter. When, 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 never mind. I don't know. Uh, we're young adjacent. Somebody in Patreon said we're, we're young adjacent. We're young-ish. So what we want to do today, if you've been following us, we've been raving about this book, The Big Leap, which I almost think I booked them, but then the lady stopped responding. Gay I need a fo- yeah, I need to follow up with her today. Like, hey, yo, so listen, I like totally responded back to you. I'm just waiting for you to be like, yeah, girl, that's the date. Uh, but we've been reading this book called The Big Leap. What? I meant to talk to you and Josh about this, but we... <sighs> Dang, I don't want to mess up what you're saying. About? But I meant to talk. It's about the big leap. Okay. And the Toyota. Okay. Uh, I'll just say it quickly. Okay. Because I meant to talk about while Josh was setting up. So you remember how I was always like, I don't want to get the Corolla. I'm going to stay with it, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. And I was thinking because like, don't I don't want to get rid of the Corolla. Don't want to get rid of it. Uh-huh. This is before the Maserati. Yeah. Before the Lord has shown me what he wants for me in my life. And then I was thinking about the big leap. And I was like, wait a second. Am I wanting to hold on to the Corolla so I can be stay a regular guy? One of the people. I drive a paid off car. Hey, guys, my life isn't that different. I'm just I just have a regular car that's an 09. I'm not something nothing. What? I'm letting you finish. No, it's it's not to buy a car. It's to keep the Corolla. Oh, okay, okay. You turned off because you thought I was saying something. I else. didn't know where this was going. No, I was, I was thinking maybe the, the having the Corolla was me saying I'm just a regular guy. Oh, okay. I'm not any different than anybody else. I drive an 09. It's paid off. I don't have a fancy car. I'm one of the people. Um, and maybe that's why I kept you know hanging on to it when we could have had a different car mm-hmm. for a for a lot longer i was asking myself is that part of the reason that i held on to it for so long mm-hmm. is to keep my life there mm-hmm. where it was and then i got into that car today and the ac didn't work and i was like i'm there's no version of me that will sit in a hot car <laughs> that's i don't care about it nothing does get hot. it doesn't have to be a maserati mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna sit in a hot car for nobody no nothing so when I drop this off at uh, Toyota tomorrow, if he come back with anything other than $800, I, the, the car is gone. Okay, so to introduce this idea <laughs> and this topic, um, I kind of, so we've been reading the book Big Leap, as you said, and or as I said earlier, and it is my book of the month for my book club. Make sure that you join. I'll make sure to include a note in the, or ask Greg to include a note in the um description box but there's this quote that's in the book and i want to read it and we are on our way to the comedy show this weekend me greg joshua and my sister had a really great conversation about essentially this quote and i thought it would be a really great idea to talk about it on the love on the podcast and i think it kind of ties to last week's conversation as well Mm -hmm. okay so this is the quote each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much we love success and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy when we exceed our inner thermostat setting we will often do something to sabotage ourselves causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure okay that's good okay i want to make sure i said it slow enough so everybody yeah. was able to that's big like, take energy. it in and digest the quote yeah okay so 
what we were talking about on um, on Saturday was this idea that we all have our capacity limits more than just what I love about this book as a whole. It is, and I'll say this because I've said this many times is that the book. When Kevin was first telling me about the book, he was talking about it in terms of my talent. So he's like, Melissa, you need to read the book because you got so much in you, yada, 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 yada. You need to do this because, you know, you have so much more in you. So it's all about like your success and in terms of talent. But one thing that I thought was really awesome about the book is that he's talking about capacity limits and this thermostat setting that extends beyond just success. So he's also talking about our capacity to receive love. Mm-hmm. our capacity to receive and experience happiness yes. those are like really deep like Absolutely. ideas okay so the idea that we have a capacity limit for which we're able to receive love the idea that we have a capacity limit that we're able to experience happiness means that there's this uh, again this internal thermostat that we say oh no this feels like i'm overjoyed I'm way too excited. This is quite vulnerable. This isn't what I'm expecting. So let me pull back as if I want to protect myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So we were talking about um, specifically in um, this last episode of Married at First Sight. And I was talking about how Amelia and Bennett, this really awesome couple that's like quite jovial all of the time. And they're coming off of their honeymoon and they're going into this their new apartment together for the first time. And they are so giddy that it almost looks immature. Like it's quite literally <laughs> like, she'll, yes. And like, they're just like bursting with excitement. And I was saying that I don't know that I've ever allowed myself to get that excited for fear of getting hurt. Yes. And you're, so, you're carrying it. I am not the white yes. Karen, the black Karen from yes. Mary Versailles. She's like, I don't want to hurt you to hurt me. Therefore, I will I will keep you at a distance. Yes. And therefore I can't feel love, but I also can't feel pain or hurt. Exactly. And yeah. so the in the same mechanism, the same door that opens you up to receive hurt is unfortunately is the same door that allows you to ex, to experience an abundance of joy yeah. and happiness. Yeah. And so working through trying to experience that, I think it's such a vulnerable experience. Yeah. So I guess what I want to talk about is like, why are we like that as a people that we're always worried about and concerned about allowing the other shoe to drop or the rug from being pulled from under un, under us instead of just like experiencing the moment for what it actually is? Well, I think uh, there's a there's a couple of different answers based on where you are in life. Okay. So take the house, for example, that we were trying to get. OK, right. The first go around, you know, months ago, mm-hmm. we we're getting a house or going through the process we were feeling that love, that excitement. I mean, it was love. still reserved, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, as I think it, about was, it, very it was reserved at that time. Yeah, it was reserved. It was reserved. Yeah, no, it definitely, <clears throat> it definitely was reserved. Do you think it comes from like childhood trauma? Do you think it comes from like wh- wh- how are why are we taught this like where do we all get this notion that we can't fully open ourselves up to hurt i think it could be not necessarily trauma in the sense of something bad but the way you were raised okay. right if you've seen you know something happen like um for example you move around a lot mm-hmm. right 
and you get it attached to friends like we're both military and those friends move or you move. Right. So you never you know, we didn't have anybody that we grew up with from like birth to high school that we knew. So in some ways, I for sure, you know, your friendships are great and all that stuff, but you temper how close you get to people because for the majority of your life, after a year or two, two or three years, you know, four max, one of you guys leaves. Right, right, right. So um, maybe it's just the way you grew up, you know what I mean? Or if you just move around a lot because of poverty, you feel like I can't get too comfortable in a place, mm-hmm. you know, because eventually we're going to have to leave and therefore I don't want to enjoy anything. Um Poverty, I feel like for me is like uh, in my family, kind of like our money story is we didn't have a lot. So when we got a little bit, we went on vacation and we lived because mm-hmm. it feel like we're going to be broke again. But until then, we going to Vegas, right. we going to the convention, going on a cruise or whatever. So I feel like, that, you know, that can rear its head in, in that way. You feel like because we were poor before, eventually we're going to go back to being that way. Remember, um, when our biggest income uh, jumps was when we got our taxes back. Mm-hmm. And for those six, eight weeks, two months, whatever, we was like, this is life, yeah. you know. Uh, but you know that's, you know, going to run out eventually. Or you just spend so much that you go back. Like right. if, you, if you saved it, it wouldn't be like that. But you'd be broke for so long. Once you get a little bit, you spend. It's kind of like the lottery curse. Yeah. Uh, so I think it could be a combination of things. And in relationships, if you got hurt before, you your you know your body remembers right like the hot stove right and relationships can be like that like i've been hurt in this manner a couple of times so let me not go down that path sure. at all because i don't want to put myself in that situation in that situation to to experience pain like that again or maybe in your case i remember when we started dating i was telling you like I was like, you, I remember asking, like, have you been hurt in a relationship before? Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, but I see my, my homegirls get hurt. And I was like, how you got walls up from other people's life? Yes. Like, you ain't even experienced heartbreak, but you got walls up like you like you did. Um, and you were like, because I seen it. You know what <laughs> I mean? So I think it can be seeing what happened around you to your family, friends, you know, homegirls, homeboys or whatever. That can also make you be like. I don't want to go down that path because I've seen where that story is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Did you have something to say, Joshua? I saw you, your mind tinkering. <laughs> um, for me, I feel like it unpacks a couple ways. Uh, a part of me, and this is actually something that came up in therapy, shouts to Talkspace. Mm. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I struggle with on being able to fully enjoy the excitement in a moment as well is that I carried. I used to carry more. I'm working on not caring as much. Let me speak that into existence. Um, I used to carry some guilt a lot when uh-huh. I would be out, even like on tour, like recently and, and whatnot. Well, not too recent. Amen. Shouts to Miss Rona. <laughs> but um, I would carry a lot of guilt in those happy moments. It would kind of come up and almost those happy moments would turn into sad moments because I would think about me not being home necessarily like to have these moments with my immediate family mm-hmm. or my little brother, my dad, my mom, I can go down the list. But, uh, so it's, it'd always be hard to fully sit in those moments yeah. and like appreciate those. But, um, as of this year, it's actually been a little bit better in that sense to where, uh, that was one thing that would, um, definitely limit me from fully appreciating or like being excited about things and even like talking about like exciting stuff for me like with Mm -hmm. work it always felt like there was something attached to it that I couldn't fully be happy about Mm -hmm. um like talking about work with like 
my friends and family back home because I would always feel. And that was another thing, too, that also comes up in the book later, but I don't want to um, spoil too much. <laughs> but uh, but I would say that as well as there's, I mean, in entertainment, we're almost conditioned to not be excited about opportunities, period. Yes. Because there are thousands of meetings and maybe 1% of those like come into fruition or something actually yes. activates. Aside from the home stuff, like yeah. what you guys experience as well. That's you know? so true. I didn't even think about that. When I auditioned for stuff, I had an audition last week and I killed it. Atta like boy. I usually do. <laughs> uh, was like, should have heard back immediately. Yeah. Uh, it's Tuesday now. <laughs> What's so going like, on? Maybe didn't get it again. <laughs> so every time that happens, you're just like, okay, well, it's another thing I didn't get. So, and you hear a lot of actors say that. Right. When they finally book something big, they don't even believe it. Right. You know what I mean? Because you know, something can come along and take it. <clears throat> I think uh, for me also, for me, the upper limit thing of holding myself back is I never want to experience my full joy because I don't want other people to feel like sad that they're not getting. Right. That. I think that's what Joshua was just yeah. saying too. And then no matter how hard I work and deserve it and put in the time and my craft and saving money, whatever, like uh, it's funny. I was talking to Brendan about this. And I, you know, I made that Maserati video as a joke, mm -hmm. right? Because I was renting it. And Brennan said the reason he he thought the reason that it was funny is because I would never make that if I really bought that car. Right, right, right. I would never because I don't want to feel like I'm bragging. Right. Like if I did have a if I ever get a Maserati, <coughs> I won't tell anybody. My friends will know mm -hmm. that when I drive, but I would never brag like that mm -hmm. because I don't want people who don't have it to be like, oh, look at me. He think he this, he mm -hmm. think he that. You know what I'm saying? But to my boys, to Tahir and Tom, I'd be like, your boy out here, you mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But part of that is I don't want pe I don't want people who have less to feel like, you know, I have less and Kev is flaunting this. Like right. I never want to come across as flaunting anything because I was that person. Right. You know why? And even when I was watching like YouTube and stuff, I never was like mad. Right. But I did look at my life and be like, not as good as that. <laughs> and I never want to be the cause of anything like that. But at the same time, what this book kind of helped me to realize is like, why should you not enjoy the life that you have? And right. there's, he doesn't talk about God much in that book or at all. But if you add the Christian layer on mm -hmm. it, it's like if God wants you to have a good life and happy life, you know, why, why not enjoy it? You know, yeah. why do we feel like we have to be like, you know, we put the damper on our it, it, kind of like a suppressor or something like yeah. that. Like, you know, to make sure we don't experience it, you know, it, it, like in sound stuff, you put a, a compressor on it. And it prevents you from th this from going that Oh, high. that's a great analogy. You know what I mean? And I feel like we add our own compressors on our life Absolutely. when things are going good because we feel like, continue this analogy, peaks are dangerous. Right. You peak too much, it starts sounding bad. You have too much fun. Maybe we'll never be like that again. You know, those type of things. So I feel like we limit ourselves uh, from experiencing that full thing so it feels safer to be little. So I guess the question then is how do we reconcile this idea of being able to be fully present in our life and mm -hmm. you know fully experience this happiness, this joy, this success. And I feel like success aside, like I yeah, really yeah, feel yeah. like this is really for me thinking about how much I play little in terms of my own happiness. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like really revelationary for me. Like I was like, oh wait, I kind of <laughs> was just only ready to talk about my time and my talents. I yeah, wasn't yeah, really yeah. ready to talk about love and happiness. And so I feel like how do we reconcile this idea of making sure we're not 
you know, being braggadocious and making people feel bad, but at the same time being fully present and being able to experience happiness in our own lives. And then tied to that, my fear is the moment I'm like, oh man, I'm having a really good time. I'm really happy. Why are all these people calling you? He knows I'm shooting. Um, the moment I really, the, if the moment I feel like I'm sitting in happiness, my immediate thought after that is something bad must be around the corner. It's the idea where I was talking last week about broke is the round the corner. Oh, something traumatic is around the corner. There's no way I can just be this happy, right? There's no way. There Melissa has to be something bad. Feels like, <laughs> actually, to be fair, I have felt like that mm-hmm. too. I'm kind of letting that go because I realize, like, um, I don't know how much I want to say there. You can, here's how I'll say it. Okay. You can live your whole life like that. Absolutely. And then you, next thing you know, you have led a life of never feeling joy and then death is around the corner. Yes. And what I've always said about, like, my work and my you know, propensity to experience life is I I never want to sit on my deathbed. I don't even know if I'll be like dying slow. I hope to. I hope to be like. Oh, uh, <laughs> Why would you hope that? I have to give you everything. I go around. <laughs> but I also might fall off a building. Like, you know what I mean? Shut up. But either way, I want to go knowing I gave it my all. Right. right? But that also can mean, because for me, that always meant just trying everything like mm-hmm. auditioning and going to Japan or sure. or getting this office like taking my risk but it can also mean enjoying life fully without fear of what might happen or being broke and also listen we were broke for a long time I know better much longer <laughs> well, you know so those bills being around the corner that's not a it's not thinking of our imagination yeah. we were for a long time one car accident one health scare away from being done you know what i mean so i feel like your body we kind of like trained ourselves right to feel like that and you know it's kind of like the elephant in the you know that analogy where they tie the elephant and Mm -hmm. then they take the thing off or whatever or glass whatever yeah you've done that for so long even when those constraints are removed you still act like absolutely like that no matter what yeah and um and through therapy and, and through thinking about this, I, I realize it's not ever going to be a like a light switch off. And you're like, now I don't feel that. Right. Way. Like me not liking compliments and all that stuff. I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. But when people still say stuff, I like ah, do not say mm-hmm. please stop. You know what I mean? So but I would rather be working on experiencing the fullness of life and joy and pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because. It, it, I don't want to be you have to see married at first sight would really help but Karen might be missing out on a good thing mm-hmm. because of fear of the the bad thing that happened to you already happened right it's already happened but the but thi- you can prevent any good from happening right preparing for another bad thing to happen right and a lot of times we don't let the good things come for fear of what's bad and now the rest of your life is bad because of one bad instance. Unless right. it's just- well, it's not that the rest of your life is bad because you're not walking around here as Eeyore. It's just that you're also not walking around here fully experiencing joy and happiness. So, yeah. And it's not that like binary. You're either completely happy or completely sad. It's not that. You're reserved. But you definitely go into every 
every situation with a with a uh, a, a tempered excitement with yeah, a, with a great word. with a with a sense that something bad it could happen so instead of opening myself up to really be like excited and happy i instead prepare for the bad you know what else too if you live your life like that it has an effect on the people around you mm-hmm. you know you're just like Man, she she don't be fully happy mm-hmm. like you know the kids could probably feel it too your friends and family be like it, it, it's hard to, it, it could be hard to like verbalize but you feel like, I remember, okay, so just for example, for you, we, when we Don't give cruises, no more of my own examples. Give one of your own examples. No, I'm just, this is, <laughs> this, I have to use you. We used to go on cruises pre-P, pre-pan. Uh, probably won't be doing that for a while, no. if we ever return. And I used to be like, Liz, you excited about going? You used oh, no. to be like, no. For months, Japan, everything I'd be super excited about, like, Jojo, lay down with me. You know how you do, how Jojo yeah. did the podcast? And you were like, nope, I won't, I'm not excited. I won't be excited until the week of. or Until we're on the, the plane. On, or on the plane, right? And I would, I, now that makes more sense, right? Because something could happen, blah, blah, blah. And then the crazy thing is the pandemic actually yeah. is a thing of like, and boom. <laughs> look what got, you know, tour got canceled, house lost, yeah. uh, you know, uh, vacations all gone. Right. That can be a... A confirmation that you weren't wrong right right and i think that's gonna happen for a lot of people the last time i was excited about something the pandemic took it from me right um but i don't want to live the rest of my life in tempered tempered joy yeah you know what i mean because you don't know how much you know longer you have i don't want to get morose here but you know chadwick boseman passed last week and it was terribly 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 sad uh and but one thing I found like joy and hope in is like his, you know, somebody um, wrote this article. When you're an actor, the actor might know the end of the story, but the character doesn't. Right, right, right. And Chadwick, he acted in his, you know, most iconic role, you know, Black Panther. He all of the stuff he did was iconic, but his most iconic role sure. is Black Panther. He acted in that with his diagnosis. Absolutely. So in acting, they teach you that you have to act with the information the character has at the moment, right? Not the end. And even though he, the the actor playing the, the character, knows his end, like he knows if he has a you know likelihood of passing away early, he acted like he didn't. Right. And he gave us so much iconic stuff. That just made me teary eyed. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I didn't want to talk about Chadwick at all, but I also need to feel that. Oh man, pain. that just really. Made I already me did my crying, and I, I might have more left, <laughs> but. I found such inspiration in him living every moment as if he, you know, as if it were his last. And I don't want to. Almost the opposite. I'm going to challenge the thought right there. I would almost argue that he didn't live every moment as if it was his last. He actually lived and lived. In the moment. Yes. I think he, because living as if it's your last receiving a diagnosis such as colon cancer means I actually can't do that Mm. because I don't have the strength. I actually can't do that because my immune system is not where it should be and I can't be exposed to, because really going through this with your brother, you know, they wipe your immune system clean. Being around people, you really shouldn't, you really should not. You You should be in the house and be like, 
quarantine to be Mm -hmm. and honestly after you go through chemo they do quarantine you for months so like the fact that he was doing these movies and doing these sets and they were talking about he learned karate and like all of these different things he's pushing his body as if this diagnosis isn't even a thing that's true and that's i think outside of having a terminal illness we should live like that and that's what i'm saying it's it's almost finding this balance of recognizing that the end of my story ultimately is that i am going to die but living my life as if i could die tomorrow so let me be reserved today yeah. is not the same as saying i I don't know when my story ends, so let me make sure that I enjoy and soak in every moment that I do have, which I believe is what Chadwick did do. 100%. I actually think what you just explained is is a better explanation uh, of how he lived, and his people didn't even know. Right. And I think, I I, you know, I don't want to harp on Chad too much. Yeah, because it got sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, there's so much we do, like, I... This quote, like most people die at 75, but they stop living at 25. Right. You know, like you just up, up. I'll just, you know, and we we have friends and people we know who have just decided way too early in life. This is it for me. Right. I may have the skill, the talent for whatever life or love. And they're like, but I I'm, I'm not worthy of that. Right. So therefore, I won't even go out for it. I won't even try. I won't even, you know, indulge in this relationship or this ice cream, whatever the case is and therefore you know they don't experience what all life could be mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and for me i don't want to i don't want to be reckless obviously sure but i don't want to live so afraid of of enjoying life and love that i don't have a full life right you know what i mean because it's a it can be a sad existence right one of the things that you said was really important is I wonder how much of this internal internal thermostat, as the author calls it, is predicated or dictated by our own sense of worthiness, by Ooh, our own yeah. sense of value, our own sense of what we are deserving. And so if we don't think we are a person of value, a person that's worthy, a person that's deserving, then that's where the self-sabotage comes in. I do believe we all have a sense of worthiness, but obviously to his point, it only goes to a certain temperature. It only goes to a certain level. It only goes to a certain capacity. Anything beyond that, I feel undeserving. I feel unworthy of, and that's where the self-sabotage comes in. So I almost wonder if the true worth work is recognized, is recognizing our true self value, our true self worth, our true self, um, or this idea of being deserving. And that allows us to open up that thermostat to experience more. I, that was like a protein bar of information. <laughs> I mean, that was like chocked full with so much, but I think you're, you want to say something, Josh? Uh, not yet. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Man, that is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, you thought I was worth <laughs> saving. So you came and changed my life. You love that song. You thought I was worth keeping. Like, if you don't see the value uh-huh. in yourself. So you came me down inside. You, you thought, thought I was to die for. I'd be crying. I know it's a great song. So you sacrificed your life. But um, if you don't see the, like, 
kind of take body dysmorphia sure. and anorexia. Sure. Like, if you don't see that value, anything that you get that feels worth more, you return it. Abs- you, you return it. You limit it. It's like, oh, no, I can't. Couldn't possibly be me. This is a perfect example, right? Mm-hmm. It's before I loved you. So just go with me there. And I was only in fifth grade, so it doesn't count. Oh, fifth. I was like, well, how long? Because we've been together a whole long time. Prettiest well, I wasn't girl. there, so she wasn't that cute. Keep going. Prettiest girl in that school, <laughs> no match for Melissa. <laughs> Thought she was so cute. Went to a dance. Um, I've told you the story before. Mm-hmm. Went to a dance. I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know. I'm doing my thing. I'm in fifth grade at the little dance, you know. You feel me, Josh? I'm out here doing my thing. Can't dance, having a good old time. Prettiest girl in the school comes up. She was black. You know, you know what it is, what TF going on. She's like, you want to dance? And I'm like, me? She's like, yeah, I, I think you're cute. Do you want to dance? And I was like, me? She was like, yes, I think you're cute. Do you want to dance? And I stood there. The third time, I just didn't say anything. And she walked away. <laughs> And I went to the bathroom. You know that meme of the guy looking in the mirror? <laughs> to tell himself stuff. I was like, you are handsome. You deserve to dance with that girl. Never got to dance with her. Right? But I was like, surely right. she couldn't have been talking about sure. me. And missed out on an opportunity to dance with this, this pretty girl. And whatever. And literally from that moment on, I was like, I will never. Yeah. If you think I'm ugly, fine. But I'm not going to also think I'm ugly. I got to go out there with the... I got to be... At least I I got to think I look good. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I wouldn't have got... If, had that not happened, I wouldn't have had the confidence to ask you out. Right, right. Because I was like, oh, I'm going after this. Because mm-hmm. I remember in fifth grade when I, when, you know, I was here with mine. <laughs> and I missed out on a chance. But, that, but sometimes we repeat that same thing. Uh-huh. We were presented with something great and we don't feel... Like we, we should have it, so we return it, hand it back. You couldn't possibly have been talking about me, choosing me. This possibly can't be this good. I possibly shouldn't. It, it, and the crazy thing is, we we don't mind it happening to others, right? Our friends, families, let people we don't know. We want them to experience life to the fullness of joy and riches and love and children. But for us, we're like, ah, that's not. For yeah, me. I no. can't do that. That's it's OK for them. Not OK for me. And I don't feel like we should live our life that way. And I, I did take that that part of the big leap into account. It was just the other stuff was so much more pertinent to me that yeah. it was like it was the the way I feel about that part is the way you feel about. Sure. You know, you might not feel that way about the other parts of the book. But I, I also was like, oh, snap. Like, I, I, I saw that for sure. Did you want to say something? I saw you playing with your My mic. My postmates is ten minutes away, so when I come, I gotta grab it. Okay, oh. uh, just let me know too. I, I could grab it. I'm, I'm closest to the door. Okay, I just want to have it in my hands. So I, <laughs> I, I just want to smell it. Um, man, I, listen, I think you you made a very very good point in that sense to where um even what Kev what you were saying of we want others to experience around we want others around us to experience it whatever it is that that joy that happiness but for some reason we feel like we might not be able to or something something is definitely keeping us from pushing us to that point even piggybacking on what Liz said earlier i always feel like something is around the corner that's going to sweep that yep. sweep that underneath what for me it's it's a mix like i said that guilt also like how i or how 
we grew up, how I grew up. Um, for me, I was in a school. I was in an environment that my parents wanted me in for fill in the blank of to experience like a better mm-hmm. upbringing than mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. But we weren't necessarily financially set to mm-hmm. be in that setting. So mm-hmm. for me, I was just like, I don't understand why I don't have all these experiences or even like the house that these kids have or that these kids grow up in things. Um, I always felt like I had to go earn it or I had to go over the top to do something like that. But I always felt like that's just still out of reach. Right. So for me, it was almost easy to find like not necessarily a complacency, but um, I know that's what they got going on. So I feel like I'm I'm in this lane or in this bubble to where I could work hard and make my money and still save. But that's that's still them over there. So for me, it was it was I I noticed that I've limited myself in the sense of like maybe not pushing myself to the degree because I feel like that's just still not my lane, yeah. even though it's like it's within reach. Yeah. Anything is within reach like that. But um, there's still a part of me that always looks at baby Joshy mm-hmm. um, and the setting that I was around and like how they grew up. And especially now, like one of my uh, really good friends, um, his parents, I mean, they he's still well taken care of even like being on his own whatnot and for me i'm still like i literally could not right be in that position if i wanted to ask my parents that for that kind of help like i I wouldn't even just because i mean i've been on the answer for 27 years but um great grateful for them and everything that they've done for me to say the least but um but for me it's always been like why isn't that or like what what is stopping me from breaking out of that that notion of that ceiling you know what i mean and being able to identify some of that stuff in this book has been i mean that was a whole different eye-opening but uh but yeah you know a a part of that is just being like i i know for a fact that i could get this for myself if it means pushing myself to this limit for a minute and then learning how to step back and relax as well so i mean i don't know i'm still unpacking that i think one of the things that you just said that well, you were kind of alluding to that I think we all need to recognize is that once we've reached that ceiling, that internal thermostat, that full capacity, we self-sabotage. Yes. And yes. that looks differently for all of us. So um, even as Josh was speaking, I started thinking about when we were doing, and I've said this to you guys, but I don't think I've ever said it aloud on the podcast, where we were like, you know, the beginning of quarantine, I had this goal of how many videos I wanted to do. And so I was, you know, pre-filming the House to Home series. We did one uh, yoga challenge. I know people have issues with the term yoga, but we did that like fun couples challenge. And it was like received really, really well. And I had a monetary goal that I wanted to hit and I hit it. And then like all of these comments started coming in and I was like, oh, no. Oh, this too much. I, I, I did not expect this. This is a lot. And then it was only further compounded by the troll. So if I have a fear of oh growing, right, I have a fear of growing and being exposed. I have a fear of growing and feeling like I now have a target on my back. I have a fear of growing and feeling vulnerable to the opinions and the just the rude comments of other people. That's a legitimate fear that I have. 
couple that with this time where I'm like, I'm going to do the things. Oh, wait, I'm not ready. Oh, crap. I have a troll that won't go away. You know what? Shut down. Everything got to go. You literally Stop. stopped everything. I remember when your Instagram was about to hit a million or a million. Speaking of that, 100,000. <laughs> Angel was like, I want to post because, yes. and you were like, don't you don't even you. Be dare if you don't. And then you end up hitting hundred K without even posting for over a month. What I thought was interesting, but <laughs> I didn't think about the troll that was bothering you as complete confirmation oh. of all your work. See, this is what happens when I get big. If Precisely. I get any bigger than this and let me just stop and shut down let everything and go back and work my down little job. Everything because this is exactly my fear manifested and if that's what you can hold and so the problem a lot of times with self-sabotage is we do like to take the one example to our yep. confirm our fears instead of looking at all the good things that have come as a result so even um we were just talking about you know the pandemic and we have all of these fears and it's really easy i mean i'm talking to me okay talking aloud well, Patreon, but like, to me. why y'all in my business though? that's what i'm saying i'm in my yeah, own business I, I got my two cents for this one as well too so uh, <laughs> you do yes, okay yes, we're yes, coming yes, back yes. to go you ahead, go ahead keep going um even when we think about the pandemic it is so easy for me as the person that's like scared and nervous to like come out on the boat you know off the boat peter but what if i sink come and then i sink i'm like see this is why jesus this is and you don't take it to a fact why. you're you're the reason why you sunk it, well and not just that i'm not taking into account the two or three steps that i did take oh hello somebody yeah well shut up i actually heard a message preached about peter and all we ever think Whoa! about i'm gonna let you that's a word <laughs> no you can't just run by that you don't even take the steps that you did take what? you don't even count it you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box oh y'all don't understand <laughs> You don't understand. What does that like you're drowning? That's a mar. <laughs> That's a mar. You don't even count the steps you one did of the take. Things, one of the things about Peter, his story is often framed about him sinking. It's never framed as the person who actually got out of the boat. He walked like Jesus, and all we do is talk about him sinking. But we don't even take the steps that he took. But we fix our mouth to say what he sank. But in order to sink, he had to be out walking on water. Exactly. Woo! And none of us are willing to take the risk. Yabo, you gonna be tired. You gonna be tired. Jesus, Jesus. Is my butt short? No. It wasn't. Woo! <laughs> That's a word. Is you done or is you finished? Nah, that's too good. <laughs> oh, that's good, Miss. Go, Joshua. I can't follow that, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> Man, nah, but added to the self sabotage thing, I was even talking to Kev about this this morning uh, about because I'm getting ready to finally put some uh, some workout in the sense of uh, new Gandhi prints, some prints, uh, hopefully a little coffee table book with some photos. But even then, like I've been thinking about doing that for a couple of years, but the self saboteur yes. inside saboteur. of me, <laughs> the self saboteur inside of me was always just like, oh, you don't own the rights to this person's photo. Like, if I took it at a music festival, like, can I sell that? Like, yes. little things like that would be little walls that I and would put up in my own head. Doing the exact oh yeah, thing. I know people that are that are doing that today. And <laughs> actually, they say you own the image if you take it. Yeah, I heard that too. If they're um, a celebrity. Yeah. 
So stuff like that. A part of me was like another little wall I put up is like, would people want to see, or if I if I put up like uh, performance shots of even some of like uh, our friends around us, like Tone, um, mm-hmm. Tahir, mm-hmm. Kev, uh, everybody that we that we been on the road with. Um, if I would people want to put a buy a photo of somebody? Sure. You know what I mean. Some sure. something like that was kind of weird to me. Or do I need to go out and take? photos of like some nature shots that i already have in my head to take but then oh i have to go plan a day to go do that you know right what I mean? so right, right that right. turns into a whole thing i want the nature shot as my coffee table book Joshua, okay just i want, I want the cover to be black and white so it matches <laughs> see, so, my aesthetic see, case, like case study right here there's a balance <laughs> yeah um, I, listen i'm supporting whatever you want but i'm just saying fantastic <laughs> so th- those are the things that like have i've been thinking of but i've also stopped myself of as well right. you know and like i've been in your shoes too list where like i've posted something and it was successful and i'm just like uh now i have to do more of these i do not want to do too many more because what is too many more i do not know but what (laughs) it it requires one more and that one is more than i have right now in my head and i am done okay goodbye but um so like those those are the things that i be thinking of too when it comes because i mean like kev's Kev's always been a proponent of like post consistently i'm just like i don't have enough photos but i mean to have be having thousands of photos on my dropbox it i'd be wondering if this one is gonna be up and do as good as the last one did that yeah. I posted or whatever. I'd be overthinking stuff like that. But also the three steps thing that you brought into the picture with that word. Um, I had a realization then as well um, that I've been, I've been taking mad photos for arguably four to 10 years, four more consistently in the sense of like in a professional setting or okay. professional S setting. 10 years just messing around because I've always had an interest in photography. Um, But I will say that like those three, like those couple big steps have been the past few years where I really put myself out, did a lot of work for free. Um, We good? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, In that sense. So like I always will put the current fear ahead of those steps. Right. Right. And that's not fair to that limiting. It's not fair to me to limit myself in that sense as well um forgetting on everything that i've done leading up to those moments and those opportunities to get some of those photos or to get some of those video clips or um man like it's 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 interesting you know so i i i've really just sat in that that three steps out of the out of the boat word that that's uh, good as, as kev was running a quarter he mile. was yes i one of the things that i think all of us are like we hang on to fear so tightly. One of the things that the, um, in the book, man, this was such a great analogy. And he said that fear is excitement without breath. Mm -hmm. Child, I was like, let me shut this book off. Cause this is so good right now. And it goes back to the same analogy as the same door that allows like uh, happiness is the same door that lets hurt in as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing, the same mechanism in your body or you use the exact same mechanisms to be excited as you do to be afraid. Um, and what he was saying was that what we need to do in our moments of fear is breathe, Yeah, allow to breathe through it and allow that fear to be the fuel to our excitement. And I think that's, like the biggest learning with all of us as we're saying taking those those first three steps is about inhaling 
exhaling and just doing it, concentrating on the next step instead of, as Joshua was saying, we get overwhelmed by the idea of the big picture, which is often what I do. And it's like, okay, yes, in the end, I want it to look like this, but what's the immediate step that I can do to get there? And if we don't worry about just the next step in front of us, it's so easy to get overwhelmed by the big picture and therefore end up doing nothing at all. Absolutely. Sometimes when you're like, you know, take our Mercer example, uh, part of the thing that makes it difficult is like, how am I going to sell this? How am I right. going to get it to the people? What am I going to do? What if I get a lot of orders? How can I get them out? What will I do? With ship station, you, you don't have to worry about station. that. Look, when you get something, like I had a sale on Patreon. You did? Right? Regular people didn't even know about this. Right. Because, shout out to our Patreon. Yes, shout out to our Patreon. We we're clearing all this stuff out to make room for new products. And I, I, I threw it up on Patreon went to sleep, threw it up in the middle of the night with like shirts were like 12 cents, mm-hmm. some 33 cents, 44 cents. Highest thing was $10. Woke up to go post it to the regular world, it was also sold out, out, right? Thankfully with ShipStation, I was able to compile all those sources, all that stuff into one thing and ship them out easily. Without that, I wouldn't even have had the confidence of going to sleep like that. It would have been an upper limit problem to put a sale out like that. Absolutely. because. Actually, going to ship them would have been a difficult thing to do. Listen, ShipStation works with all major carriers, including the United States Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for the large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. And right now, Love Hour listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the code LOVE. Love. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of delivery culture. Get started at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in LOVE. LOVE. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter the offer code LOVE. LOVE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Boom. That was fantastic. Um... Okay, what else? Let me look at my questions that we have. Do we uh, assess Joshua's statement with um, the self-sabotage, taking the steps? Yeah, the thing is, well, we didn't assess it because you said that and then we went to that. Uh What Josh said, I realized there's more people like him and you than me, Mm -hmm. right? In that thing of like, it's more, it is safe. Right, mm. it is safe. Warmers. It's so it's warm. warm. It is safe, but safe gets safe life gives safe results. Safe life yields safe results. We we're talking to somebody. I don't remember who it was, and he was saying that nobody becomes a millionaire by saving their money. Right. You have to invest. Right. You when have to we take were at risks. Top to kisses. That's what it was. Uh-huh. It was. Oh, uh, yep. You're not gonna get there by saving your way. You know, Jeff Bezos made 13 billion in a day. He did not save that. Right. Um, you know what I mean? You have to be willing to risk it and lose it. For yeah. the biscuit. Risk it for the biscuit. Sorry, sorry. And some people are like, I would rather stay here where it's familiar and safe than to risk losing something and I don't know what will happen. And sometimes, you know, you could be so close to enjoying that thing. Like you literally have 99.0%. Mm-hmm. You know, we're working on a business venture, Melissa and I, and we literally were having a meeting. We were just like, you know, at some point we're either gonna do this or we're not. Mm-hmm. Like you, you wanna qualify and quantify every single thing and work out every single scenario. But the truth of the matter is at some point 
you're going to have to go. We literally did everything we could plan to move to L.A. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you got to quit your job, pack up your house, fill the car up. And drive. And And I think the trouble is that we can come, especially for people that are fearful, is you get into, uh, what do they call paralysis analysis, analysis paralysis, however it goes, Um, where you're trying to to think of every possibility and ensure you have like a plan for that, that you don't just take the step. Yes. And I think that's one, honestly, it, it can be that could be self sabotage. Have you That's seen sabotage? Jim, uh, Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox and Tom, yeah. Tom Cruise. Yes, Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox is that character. taxi driver who had that uh, postcard sure. or, of what he wanted his business right, to be. Right, right, right. And what he told himself. Sure. Shouts to Joshi. I'm preparing to launch this business. Right. But what you're really doing is planning so much that you never actually start. Right. I gotta have enough money to do this. What if this goes wrong? I gotta have the permits. I gotta have enough for a fleet of cars. And I gotta have all this stuff. And Tom Cruise is like, actually, you're not gonna do nothing. Right. You're gonna sit here and drive this taxi till you die. Procrastination is also a form of sabotage, so we're all yeah. on the same page. And also pre- preparation. Mm-hmm. Telling yourself prepar- you're pre- you're preparing sure. for it. Josh, I gotta. I need 100 more pictures. He has literally 1,000. This is not a shot, but it is. No, it is. Literally thousands already. But I need more. Right. The thing is, okay, I'm going to throw myself under the bus with you, Joshua, so you could move over. I'm not going to throw myself. It's warm. Uh, it's warm in here. Yeah, it's definitely warm. It's my favorite spot under the bus. <laughs> um, the other thing, research. One of my, one of the the biggest, I realize, forms of um, worthiness, I think, that I struggle with is that I over-research in order to prove to you that I know what I'm talking about. In Mm -hmm. order to prove that I'm worthy of talking about this topic, it's not because of what I think, because she's no expert. But what I do have is the information of the experts that I've researched. Mm -hmm. And if you're gonna argue with them, then I don't know what's wrong with you because you have no credentials. But you definitely can argue with me because I also have no credentials. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I kind of like ward myself against that. And that can be, I, I don't, uh, place the value on my own experience to warrant me having a conversation that doesn't necessarily have to be backed by because half the time what I'd be saying be backed by experts too anyways but aside from that uh, I don't always feel like my experience is enough my words yeah. hold enough weight so I need to have uh, you know that stamp that says, but it's backed by this expert that has all of this research. It's backed by what I'm sta- what I'm stating is undergirded by these people that have done the yeah. you know, have the knowledge behind it. So I think we all have that like form of self knowledge. But I- I'm gonna get us up under the bus. The flip side of that though is finding the balance between reckless behavior. Yeah, is finding the balance between doing something flying out of the nest and you haven't prepared at all so all you finna do is plummet to the ground well that's dumb so like finding the balance between those two i think that's we're so afraid of like but what if i plummet that we don't do anything and then there's also those people that are like i'll just figure it out on the way down no you finna die so it's like finding that balance i think is the difficult part yeah and also in life there's not a whole bunch of balance Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Ma- Frederick family manifest destiny, which I don't know if I want to call that anymore. Someone said manifest- faith versus foolishness. Yeah, that's it. But what happens is 
you'll let other people do it with less information than you have. 100%. And they will have success. Absolutely. Or less talent. Or less talent. There's so many people who are more talented than me who are just, but what if I do it and people don't like it or think I'm copying or think I'm what, like whatever. Uh, perfect example for me. I wanted to do the stand-up comedy show, Keep Your Distance. I always want to give people a platform. If you're a stage crew member, you know how I rock. I mm -hmm. love giving people a platform. My fear was, do I let these comedians cuss? Because mm -hmm. I'm not known for cussing. Mm -hmm. And people are going to be mad that I cuss or that they cuss, right? And what happens is, just like your troll, my worst fear, Christians come up in the email. Mm -hmm. Luckily, Melissa, I don't have all the emails that are public. Mm -hmm. So Melissa's like, you don't even, I don't even let you see some. <laughs> but some people sneak through. And it's kind of like the troll for you. Right. It's like people emailing and saying, you were bigger than this. You were, I, I trusted you. No, even if it's big and bold, this is not that. And I thought about it. If I were to get a role mm -hmm. in a movie or a sitcom and I'm playing a character and I got to do, you know, um, Megan Good's a Christian, Yvonne, they do sure, stuff sure. that their roles aren't Christian, I would still have the same issue. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't even be doing this. Your brand was built on this, blah, blah, blah. So you will let the opinions of others prevent you from doing what you know is right, mm -hmm. what you feel is right for you, maybe even what God has for you mm -hmm. because other people don't get it. But at, since the beginning of time, People following what God said, a lot of people didn't get it. Other Christians thought you were wrong. Right. So I'm not even saying this is God's work, like I'm saving souls, but I am giving people a platform to do what they love, mm -hmm. and 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 I feel like it's right for me. And if you don't like that, that's also okay. Right. Because if I were to sit and read those emails and then just shut it down, I could be hurting other people who whose whose uh, opportunity was yeah. tied to me. You know, like. Mm -hmm. Should I give off this information? No, you oh. should not. Well, there are some things that are happening that we're able to do sure. that I wouldn't be able to do if I didn't take that step. Right. You know what I mean? So I just don't want to live uh, like that. And and I'm okay with people, You know, also therapy, I'm okay with people saying I don't like you anymore yeah. and I won't support you. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I like me. Mm -hmm. Toby sent me a video about this and she said, man, it was it hit me in the hardest mm -hmm. way. She was like, I had to leave what people thought of me mm. because if I lived in that, I would not ever become what God wants me to become. Sure. And if I sat and listened to what you thought of me, then, but what if I don't think that? Right. And now you think, now Kevin's doing what I think he should be doing. Right. But it's tormenting me. Sure. So I'll do what I think and make sure I like me. It's a bonus if you like me, but it's not a necessity. Right. I Like Facebook, if you like this post, great. But I still feel this way. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's kind of how this is materializing for me, Kevin. Did you have something? Um, one of the upper limit errs that I identified with was outshining. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that outshining hit me tough. That Josh. thing hit me like a left, like. Wait, uh, I haven't got there, so explain. Oh, snap. oh, you haven't got there? No, I haven't. I, this, okay. Just explain. I don't want, are we covering the book, or is this? Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Like no, a part feel two? free, feel free. Okay, Talk so, freely. um, and it, it tied into the guilt a little bit too. So I, I noticed, uh, two examples. One, um, like I touched on earlier, something that I don't necessarily feel the complete joy in every single time a conversation comes up is when. Somebody close to me asks how work is going. I always tend to minimize me things too. that I'm doing. Me too. Um, just so I don't, one, come off 
a gloat perspective because for me i know i know it's they're big things you know that's they're exciting things the things that i should be overly excited to share it with mm-hmm. but sometimes i'll understand that or i'm understanding that sometimes the perspective is they're just curious and they're excited Absolutely. for me yeah. as well but Absolutely. a part of me still is just like oh i know i'm thinking about everything that i missed because of, i missed this birthday because i was traveling i missed this sure whatever reunion because i was traveling so i always think about stuff like that so that's why there was that that's that there's that guilt that's attached to it and i always feel like i have to minimize the good things so i don't come off as one i'm i'm boasting about it or two gloating about it or i don't want to feel like i'm trying to outshine people Uh around me and whatnot Mm -hmm. so um another uh so another example that, that i experienced with that um i got two pairs now of uh some exclusive sneakers that came out um but not everybody who was supposed to got get them received them okay the the company made an error i'm not trying to air out everybody so i'm just gonna say the company made an error mm-hmm. um and i was one of the fortunate ones amen so a part of me was like <laughs> i don't want to flex these because sure. i don't want to make it seem like aha i got them you didn't right but i put those three steps on the water to get to this position to Absolutely. be able to make this list absolutely years you yeah. know like i this was one of the reasons why this was one of the blocks that fell over that led to um my exit strategy from mm-hmm. uh my previous employer right 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 you know so part of those sacrifices that were made then are what put me in a position to now be to reap the benefits yeah to reap the benefits now so it's uh it's it's still something that I'm working with. They're starting to let go, I should say, because um, my therapist, and that's just ironic that that came up as well in this book because that was in line with something I'm working on therapy is letting that thought go of just feeling guilty in the sense of like not being fully happy to experience that shining moment for me. Yeah. And be like, I, I, I am shiny here. I've been working on this for a Absolutely. long time. I don't know why we struggle with the spotlight being on us in recognizing our own accomplishments and I think that's what the the hardest struggle is is like you think when you're a kid and you're like gold star and you're just like yes look at me and then maybe you know an adult figure is like don't do that they didn't get it so you Absolutely. it's kind of that same idea like, of like Jojo scoring those goals yes and being like <laughs> when he used to do that know. and we'd be like Joe you know he's like <laughs> one time we told Joe scored this goal and he was running back. He was like, it's too easy. It's too easy. Hilarious. And we were like, Joe, you can't say that. He was like, why? They shouldn't make it easy to score on them. Why? I, that's not this my kid. I don't put that on me. Why? Don't put that on kid. me. If I, I shouldn't have scored five goals. Yeah. The fact that I scored five, it is too easy. <laughs> Usually I score one or two. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, we told him, hey, this is how, you know, this is this. And he's like, oh, okay. So now when he scores, he's just, you know, back yeah. in the day when he played soccer. But he used to be a right. jerk right. in the best way. You know what I mean? So, um, but yes, I do think that it's like, you know, it's like participation trophies. Yeah. You got first, you got second, but you don't want third and fourth to feel bad. And fifth and sixth should get something. Here's like, the hustle award. Here's the hustle yeah. award. But in life, don't be like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. But then it makes those people who do put in the work not want to shine their light so as brightly as it could. And I think we have to, it's so funny 
that the way we internalize people and their interpretation of us versus how we see other people. So if you see someone else and their light is shining bright, you'll probably clap and be genuinely happy for them. But yet when the light is on you, you assume people are looking at you like she's just being braggy. She's just showing off. Or she doesn't deserve it. Or she, right, versus them maybe having that same sense of happiness for you that you would have for them. And the fact that we don't allow that to be a a transfer of feelings, it it, it just speaks to how we feel about ourselves. I definitely experienced that. I remember even when, when I worked at at Boeing and even just in my job period and people would ask what I would do, one of the first things I would say is, oh, girl, it's so simple. It ain't nothing. Don't take no rocket science. Like, it's really not that difficult. Mm. Instead of just simply stating what they didn't ask you how hard it is. They didn't ask you because I would always feel like, oh, you work in the aerospace industry. We made really good money. Like, oh, that must be. And I don't want people to feel like I'm bragging on them. So let me like downplay what I do girl just answer the question Mm -hmm. there's so much assumption in my answer about how i think you feel instead of just answering your question at face value and that's often what we do and it has more to do as a reflection of how we feel about ourselves than the person asking the question of us projecting it's projecting i saw this thing on twitter the other day said just remember when most people comment on you on it's mostly projection wait what when people comment oh comment yeah it's mostly projection Mm -hmm. that's so interesting because i i was saying the same thing at boeing but for a very different reason my job actually was so simple even (laughs) like somebody could do it I mean, it's really your job was harder, though, but it really wasn't difficult. But the point even beyond that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know, I I always knew I wanted to go to college. I went to college. I got a, a academic scholarship. I was a smart girl. I did my work. I put the time and work in in order to qualify to get a job at Boeing with no prior aerospace experience. That's something that I should be like. I should be able to speak and stand in that, not in a sense of look at look. Let me look down on you, but just in a sense that yes. I have put the work in to put myself in this position and there's nothing to be ashamed of or something to minimize. That's kind of how I'm feeling about my stuff too. I didn't get anything that I have illegitimately. Mm -hmm. I ain't tricked nobody. I ain't, you know, like people talk about Jeff Bezos. They always go to like the factories and people jumping Mm -hmm. off being like, I don't even have that. Like I practice stand up. I treated people fairly. I, you know, got good at my job, whatever the case is. There's no reason for me to be like, oh, just this little bit of bread, right. eat this bread, and, you know. And I, on the other side, I don't have to. I'm not have to be out here being like, oh, oh, I'm better than you. But I am good at my job. Mm. I have worked really hard for a long, mm-hmm. periodically time, and I've done what I needed to do. And to reap the benefits of that, I should not. That shouldn't make you feel away sure. because I didn't do anything that anybody else couldn't do. Right? You know what I mean? Like. You know, I'm aware of where God was, you know, blessing in my life. But like, we don't even have the luxury of rich parents or stuff. You know, like literally I'm student loan debt too. you know, got the Corolla, you know, things like that. Part of the reason I could probably get the Maserati now is because I had the Corolla for five years more than I needed to have. I know. That's bad. (laughs) Ben should have got rid of the Corolla. I know. But you know what the other thing is? And then we can almost close this out. Yeah, because that post may open there. Okay. What this is the last thing is that I often don't think we credit and not just us i'm saying people in general that we do credit the effort and the decisions 
we took in order to get in the and For listen sure. i want to say this because people will be like we were talking about the kite and the um string and yeah. people were like don't forget god is the wind to me god is an assumption in my life yeah. and everything that i do so even if i don't call it out just assume that i recognize don't forget god in yeah, the wind. i most certainly recognize the presence of god and even as i was telling the boeing story i had zero prior aerospace experience i always say when things don't make sense god is the only thing that makes sense yeah, i've always said that so when things <laughs> don't line up and i don't understand like just know i'm always crediting god for that for everything but you know those moments i say all that to say that um we lived very small we lived very humbly before we stayed in that old raggedy house we stayed but, in the raggedy receda but what it allowed us to years. do was pay off debt outside yep. of student loans it allowed us to um save some money it allowed yeah. us you know things that were important to me start starting a college fund for the boys yeah. making sure that there was money in there those were things that were important to me that then allowed me to now say okay now what are some things that i want in my life what are yeah. some things that maybe we could splurge on or do differently or you know what i mean it allows us, i don't know about all that but the point is that as you're even the people that are listening to this don't discount the good decisions you've yes. made that allowed you to be in a, a, a position that you're in yes. today and i think a lot of times we discount that and that's part of the reason why we feel so undeserving yeah. that we don't reflect on the journey that allowed us to get to this very moment peace be the journey don't don't discount your journey joshua the hour is far spent. If this is you, come. Amen. Hey. Praise team, if you would, just come. Live your full life. Yes. Don't, don't, don't minimize uh-huh. what God has maximized. Oh, yes. Don't compress a blessing. Amen. Uh-huh. The Bible says this. What does it me. say? Come on, tell us. The blessings are me. pressed down, uh-huh. shaken together. Uh-huh. And running yes. over. You've got to be an open vessel so God can fill you Woo. so much yes. that your blessings explode out all <laughs> over the place. I, huh? I thought you were going to say exceed. Uh-uh. Now unto him uh-huh. who is able uh-huh. to do exceeding uh-huh. abundantly uh-huh. above all you can ask or think. Why limit God? Why? Hmm? Mm-hmm. God wants more for you, but you decide, God, this is too much. It's, I, you know what, God, you you tripping. I, this is enough. Uh-huh. I'll take it from here. Why limit God? Yes, if He wants more for you, okay, because it's gonna take you accepting what God has for you. Come on in here. You gave me my. I life. I was thinking, um, Lord, prepare me. <laughs> Lord, prepare me that to be a sanctuary. Come on, choir. Full and holy, tried, tried and true. I can't sing, so I'm not gonna do with, with thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Yeah, y'all I'll, I'll be a living dun, Come dun, on, drugs. Sanctuary for for <laughs> you. Wait, but there's another if one. I'm holy, wait, wait, what's the one about the vessel? Oh, uh, that's that's the song I was thinking. Oh, what is it? Um I'm available to you. Oh, oh actually don't sing that. I don't feel like crying. crying. I don't feel like crying. <laughs> Lord, I'm available to you. I be crying. Lord. My life I give to you to do, do what Jesus. you want. Use no, me, I Lord. To, to say what you say. To show someone uh-huh. the way. And it may be to say <laughs> my storage, storage is empty. empty. 
And I am available. That song, my, my story. That's, exactly. that's what they. I am available. I am available. I am available for you. You can use me, God. I am empty. Even when I didn't sin that week, did they sing that? I was like, Look, let me just go on up listen, to this altar, make sure I'm there's good. There's always some stuff <laughs> that can be removed so you could be available. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Lord have mercy. Okay, uh, anything else? Nah, cuz. Joshua, closing remarks, did you save your soul? <laughs> I like I like how you said uh, just as, for just assume that the Lord is attached to it, kind of like a signature in an email. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> God's in the signature, man. Don't God is in the signature. God is in the signature every time. I love that. Yes. Anything else? That was I good, Joshua. That's it. That's all, all right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I hope this episode was encouraging to you. We said a whole bunch, and I hope you were able to get something out of it. Join us next week for the Love Hour. Same time, same back channel. And, and Kev's going to go eat. Okay, bye. Bye, honey, boy.